Hey guys, just before we continue on with the podcast, we have an announcement. Exciting. We are now offering paid subscriptions so you can support the Neil and Jordan podcast. For example, our $10 a month subscription where Neil and I will answer a question from you in depth on our podcast. Or for $50 a month, we will do an entire podcast based on your topic suggestion. Now, obviously, we can only do so many questions and listen to suggested pods, so... These are strictly limited. We also have cheaper options all the way down to $1 a month, which may not seem like much, but collectively, it all adds up because that's how addition works. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can support two comedians talking like experts on subjects they are definitely not experts on. To find out more or to subscribe, go to neilcolehatka.com slash podcasts and rest assured if you're doing it tough or if you're just a scab, we will still be offering all full podcasts for free. So that's neilcolehackcard.com forward slash podcast to support. Thank you and back to the podcast. Hey, going? I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm very good. That's even better, man. What can we banter about? I don't know. Still feeling hit pretty heavy for reasons that for editing purposes are (laughs) non-related. Mm. I think you can gather from my jumper, but anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, the magic has now uh, disappeared. No, 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 there's just a little sprinkle there. He just I'm wears a... the same jumper, that's all. Well, that's also true. It's still got coffee stains on it. No, fancy. I'm wearing my uh, Ratata Cog Life t-shirt. You can get it at uh, lonelykidsclub.com slash neilcolehatka. I'm really? now with the same merch provider as Jordan. He's, he's such a nice guy. He's a great dude, isn't Damn. he? Damn. Just really check them nice. out, lonelykidsclub.com. Actually, I'm wearing his merch as well. He just clothes us. He does he's now. He's pretty much a mum. He's great. So, And he's got so many... This isn't even an ad or anything. We're just, we just genuinely, genuinely like fans. this guy. And on top of that, look, I'm going to call it now. Our merch is some of the shittest stuff that he has. He's got some really good original stuff, and you should check it out. Just yes. the gen- the the, uh, the place in general. I mean, fuck. Talk about nostalgia hits. Jesus. That's just a punch in the face of your own mind. It's got some great <laughs> Goosebumps, design. Goosebumps, Simpsons, Seinfeld. It's all there. Mm, Goosebumps was... Oh, yeah. Was that the one where you could choose your own... You could Scare. Yeah. Well, that was Goosebumps 2000, I think. The one where you could choose your own uh, adventure. I love those. Did you, did you ever read Del Toro Quest? Yes, and I hated Del Toro Quest. Oh, I loved it. Oh. Yeah, you and my girlfriend. <laughs> I always just thought it was really... I, I, you know what it was, I think? I just found out that the <coughs> author was Australian, and I think I was just at that age of, oh, anything from Australia sucks. <laughs> You were already there. too cool for it. Uh, I didn't get there till my late teens. Mm, okay. Um, no, yeah, I think I was Long after Delta that, after my pin license. That's lame. The but maybe it wasn't lame. Stormbreaker <laughs> series. Did you ever read those? Never there was even the heard spy. of it. There were these British teenage novels about a spy. Alex, they made a movie. It was terrible, but they were fantastic. I loved them. I never got into Harry Potter. Everyone loved Harry Potter. I read the first three books. It just didn't hook me. Really? Uh, yeah. Actually, you gave it a go. I'll give you credit for that I because usually it, yeah. when someone says, I wasn't into Harry Potter, they read three chapters. No, I read the first three and then I just didn't want to finish the fourth. Well, it, I think even back then in year two, I was like, well, it's too mainstream. <laughs> See, everyone goes through that period. 
I was sitting some there point of being Toro really quest. cynical as an eight-year-old. Yeah, maybe it's some sort of coping mechanism. Who knows? You're not fitting into the mainstream, so rather than uh, looking inwards, you just—it's easy to criticize. Everyone them. else is lame. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're the we're the lame one. Damn. What well, other teenage books were? Uh, I really liked the Relic series. I never read that. It was no one read it. It was a really unpopular offshoot of Animorphs. It was done by K. Applegate or whatever her name was. Shout out if anybody has read it. Uh, and that's all I can add to it is just, did you read that? Did you think it was mad? Comment below. <laughs> because those are really the series that I read as a kid. I didn't read many. I was really into basically what David Icke talks about now. All of those conspiracy books. Do aliens really exist? I was reading a lot of that as a kid. I suppose that wow. sort of shapes you, doesn't it? Because that's basically my life now. <laughs> now it is, yeah. <laughs> just not aliens. It's more grounded in reality. Yeah. Well, what did you read? What What did oh, you like, like as a kid? Del- I love Del Toro Quest. I like I- Horrible Histories. Was mad. I got all the magazines. Mm-hmm. All of them. All 80 of them. I've still got the collection at my uh, my parents' house. Very proud of that one, actually. And all you should cards. be. Yeah. I, you were talking about how your accomplishments in life are making three stand-up shows. I'm way more impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, having an entire collection of, of anything. purchased magazines. Well, because all of those ads used to come out, you can build your own Titanic, one piece coming out every uh, every week. Mm. And then after six of those magazines, they'd discontinue it because they'd run out of money. So the fact that you got all 80 I, true well, feet. My parents did. <laughs> so, well, good for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations on that collection. <laughs> um, and then what were the shows that I watched? Recess. I was I was a Disney Channel guy. I watched Recess, Kim Possible. Mm. Oh, I had such a crush on Kim Possible. Yeah, me too. Look, she was hot. Yeah. And she say, and who was and that mad that. simp, Ron? Such an orbiter. So oh, poor, poor Ron. But I'd be in the same position. Look, yeah, I mean, who, who's <laughs> gonna, who's gonna make him possible attracted to them? Only the most douchiest alpha bad boy possible. That yeah, she has to, to fight, of... and while she's fighting him, she's like, mm, "This is hot." Did she ever have a crush? Probably. I can't remember. Me neither. I just identified with Ron. Didn't we all? <gasps> How sad. And Gordo in Lizzie McGuire. That was the other one I always identified with. Man, my all those shows were just propaganda to set men up to become simps. Yeah. They, they really were. were. It they was were. like, hey, for five seasons, if you just orbit this um, attractive, strong woman, eventually she'll be like, oh, all right, fine, you can fuck me. So if Not we had that, a, You could have a kiss. Yeah. If we hadn't watched those shows, we wouldn't be a generation of simps. I don't even think this is the theory anymore. That's just what happened. You're right. You were kind of just conditioned into that's how you interact with chicks you like. That's how men would do it, right? There was the high-status female protagonist and the tag-along dude where that had a crush on her. Look, we shouldn't have been watching those things. We did get brainwashed from it because the way to get them Feminist propaganda. Affecting young boys. Finally, some common sense. Boom. We need to get a t-shirt. Common Sense Brigade. Yes. If you would be willing to buy a Common Sense Brigade t-shirt, let us know. And we'll uh, we'll get that sorted. 
I'd actually be really excited for that for reasons that I can't disclose at the moment. It should be a flannel. It shouldn't be a t-shirt. Even better. A flannel that says common sense brigade. That would be great. Warwick, you know what to do. Most people wouldn't even wear that. I, you, we could sell that unironically to a, to a large swath of the Hell, Australian public. Yeah. So we can have our fans wear it ironically. We're at a point where it's not even ironic anymore. I am actually posting common sense brigade with certain memes now. Not even ironically. Mm. Just like, yeah, it's coming. It's You're, treading that fine line. You did it. You did it. Well, we're not at the level of social justice warrior yet, but if we keep pushing it, keep pushing it, guys, the Common Sense Brigade will be the next uh, social justice warrior. Everybody that I talk to loves it. So well done on helping us collaborate that. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, you We've to- got our own little... Dead Poets Society happening. You had to endure that um, arduous podcast of us mostly just thinking and hardly saying anything. <laughs> just about, hmm. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. That's that was a, a real good idea. Del Toro quest. How did you do that? <laughs> I don't know how you listened to that. The fact that that was well, some of the most positive uh, comments we've ever received. I really know. good podcast, guys. We didn't say anything. Why? <laughs> True fans. True fans, guys. Good on you. Easy for us. We can just keep making podcasts when we just think about names for things. Yeah. I mean, you clearly like it. Mm. I thought it was a great pod when I listened back to it as well. I did like the long pauses in between. It was was essentially meditation. Oh, okay. I haven't listened to it, so I'll have to re-listen to that and see. Uh, I'd imagine I'd get frustrated, though. You know what we should have put in between it, though? Just that deal or no deal background music when they're deciding what they... That <laughs> Ele- should have been there. Elevator slash porn music. Yeah. No, 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 more suspenseful than that. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, Archaeologists. Unicorns? No, no, too, too, too predictable. <laughs> that was what it was. Bloody CSB. They are coming. And I think also, in the comments, if you'd like this, Tats. A tat that says CSB that oh, you can rub on. That would be great. And then just CSB so that, that way you can you can have that air of mystery about you. Mm, what does that mean? Oh, well, it's actually a pretty uh, pretty unique political ideology. Fuck, we're making the Proud Boys, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> this is how it started. It yeah. was just a joke. Just uh, not, <laughs> not as then, violent. And then also as hopefully. you. Yeah, but I don't know. It's getting there. The fact that you'll just be like, dude, I don't even ironically think this anymore. I don't. <laughs> it's just going the same direction. I honestly don't. On certain issues, I'm like, ah, we need some common sense. Mm. So do I. But I think we do need a logo. Well, so this is what we talked about uh, two or three podcasts ago. Social democracy is common sense. <laughs> it's the com- it's a, the common sense brigade political Use position to have. <laughs> Duh. So I don't know what uh, we can use as the logo. Again, comments. I've asked for a lot. I'm going to lose just track a, of a it, man who's I angry, like, like with his arms, like a buff arms guy, folded. arms crossed, like hey, common sense. Let me get my arms up. Yeah, something like that. Bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bald head. And sunglasses. sunglasses. Why are they all the same? I don't know. Exactly the same DPs. They are the male Karens. They're, they're the, <laughs> the Kevos. Kevins, I don't know what you want to call them, but... Maybe just... reflected in each sunglass, no fear. Oh, it's not even a meme. It's so true. Yeah. T-shirt says Billabong. You tell it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Okay. So it's oh, CSB, this circle here, CSB at the top, arms folded dude here with no fear sunglasses, and at the bottom, never be afraid to tell it like it is. That's a tat. Wow. Yeah, that is a tat. Honesty, family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just honor. Words <laughs> that they clearly haven't lived up to yeah. in their life. <laughs> okay, so the, the guy folded his arms is fat. He's got a gut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> Except when you're having the beers. <laughs> Or does it say at the bottom, problem schnayflake? Oh. <laughs> I, oh, I said this on a, um, a video I did on my second channel. Like, I want to be making more anti-SJW anti content or just content where I'm making fun of them. But it's, you, you just, you are a meme if you're making that now. Don't you mm -hmm. think? Like, if I start going like, oh, people are snowflakes and are offended... People just be like, dude, it's not 2016 anymore. Yeah. But it's, it is, yeah, I've talked about this on many podcasts, but it's just, it's still relevant. Well, I don't even know what you're saying now. What's not relevant? <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay. It was edgy um, five years ago to, to be like, oh, these snowflakes, you know, people are offended. Yeah. yeah. And now it, it's not edgy anymore. If anything, you've become the meme if you're saying stuff like that, but it's still, Relevant and needs to be said. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Waves. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, it just, it's the it's the eternal background discussion. Yeah, yeah. Nineties was like that. Then in 2016, then there was that upsurge with Black Lives Matter. But mm. the shore pulled out quickly. I think that you can say, sure, sure. shut up to snowflakes again. I think that's fine. And then yeah, again, yeah. Isaac uh, took one for the team recently for the Common Sense oh. Brigade. <laughs> the Prime General, Minister. Our Sergeant oh, in Arms. <laughs> He's got the bikey beard to match. Yeah. The pro Look, man, you guys, like, you are interviewing mainstream politicians Isaac is getting quoted by the Prime Minister of New Zealand. This is this is good. This is like we're making waves. I'm, I say we. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But uh, I'm attached, loosely attached to that uh, internet comedian group. What do you mean it's good? The magnitude of that. If you would, if you had said uh, even just three years ago when we were still making videos. Oh, Jordan's going to be interviewing Tanya Plibersek and uh, other internet comedians are going to be talked about by prime ministers. I would have scoffed at that. But here we are. Mm, that is true. It's, it's incredible. The landscape shifted. No, and it's, um, like it's a credit to, to you guys. It's a it's amazing. It's inspiring. No, it's not so much a credit to us. Yeah. Yeah, I'll it's take also credit where it's a discredit to the mainstream media because they're so bad, so they make it easy. Yes. Mm. But it's also an environmental circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So a lot of factors at play. A lot of factors at play there. 
Well, I mean, I suppose we took advantage of the situation, but you, we've, you've given yourself the best chance to succeed when the circumstances arise. So, well yes. done. And politicians are understanding this now, and I like this. This is this is new thinking for them, where they've realised we don't have to go to the paper anymore to sell our case. Yeah, there are other avenues. So I think yeah. it's just giving them the opportunity to talk. And as you notice with the politicians that I've been inter- interviewing. You think that they're idiots and, oh, what the fuck do they know? Because they get a 10-second grab mm, it's so, on the news. It's so interesting actually hearing them properly flesh out ideas. And it was the same listening to presidential candidates on, on Joe Rogan. It's You get an entirely different opinion and perspective on them. Yeah. So keep keep it up. Keep up the good work. Cheers. There's actually plenty more of those coming, by the way, just so everyone knows. When's the big scalp come? When when are you getting elbow? Surely he'll do it. I don't now. I don't Surely. think he'd be interested in it. And I fully understand his reasons for not. Because they'll cut little things out and use it to smear him. Yeah, well that was the whole message in Jody McKay getting interviewed. That is exactly what the media did. And that was just a mention of don't talk to this guy. But if the mainstream media is 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 very uh, pro liberal, they're gonna aren't they gonna just do that anyway? So if I was, if I was a high-ranking Labor politician, I'd think, well, why not? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get chastised, chastised anyway. But this is the whole what thing. You have an entire digital strategy team that are actually been counting the numbers, and they're saying, okay, we get this much damage for saying this, and this much damage for saying that. So we always have to keep that in play. I mean, a classic but- motto that the Labor Party headquarters always says is, how do we stay off the front page of the Telegraph? The classic motto in the Liberal Party headquarters is, how do we get on the front page of the Telegraph? But can't they just, maybe this is very wishful and ignorant thinking on my on my part, but wouldn't the Australian people appreciate someone who just, well, is part of the CSB and doesn't <laughs> sort of care about that kind of, whether or not they're going to be tarnished too much by certain commentators and just comes out in an interview and unapologetically uh, supports and um, talks in favour of their agenda, even if people ideologically disagree with them, they would they would respect that because so many people's criticisms of politicians is that, oh, they're so polished, oh, you don't know what they're really thinking, oh, they just seem so... Uh, they're not they're not genuine so again that is uh part of trump's appeal as well because whether you liked him or not you're like well this is it this is who he really is he's not putting on a facade so do you think there's anything uh, australia is different don't get me wrong but don't you think if they're no, i remember tanya a few a few years ago she said something on twitter that uh, got the twitter uh, the Twitter people riled up. And you know if you're getting the Twitter people riled up, you've said something correct. You've said yeah, the right thing. You've said something about Absolutely. kids should uh, pledge allegiance to Australia at school. And you wouldn't have expected that from a, from a Labour politician. And that's why I think a lot of people were confused and upset by it. But I think the, well, the, the silent majority would have been like, yeah, like, good honour. That's what we need more of. Mm. But do the silent down. majority ever hear that? That's the problem. Sure, that's true. But then you can go with the strategy of being... Well, I, the, if you're so offensive, then they will hear it. 
Um, yeah. But, but then you you are then sort of walking a tightrope there. I think that what happens is if you're the Labour Party, you're constantly trying to gain government. If you're trying to do what we are doing, which is for getting a mass audience, that's a lot easier than getting elected and just being yeah. liked by 50% of the population enough that you can fumble over the line but if you're pauline hansen it's a great strategy to just keep telling it like it is sure because she's not going for majority there she's just going she's going for a few seats she's there to secure her own seat that's her goal it's Uh, very different but it could get to a point then that the others become so careful in protecting that 50 percent majority that eventually one nation starts to challenge for at least maybe a plurality 20 30 percent Share of the vote, that type of thing. That could that be possible. That could be possible in the next decade. Well, that's why there is all these minor parties now. It is the double-edged sword, I think, anyway, of the fact that you are able to just say whatever you want. You can capture a certain part of the audience that thinks, "Yep, that guy's talking shinch," because I haven't heard any other arguments. And that's why you have the rise of all these other parties. I think that if you are, if you are part of the Labor Party, I don't even understand why Labor politicians are talking to me. I'm very glad that they are, but I fully understand this war of attrition where if you talk to me, best case scenario, you get three, maybe 400,000 views over a span of a year. If you talk to me as well and 7 News and 2GB decides to turn against you, that's like 1.5 million people a night that they can be like, fuck this person, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, then just keep hitting Sure, right, right. So the The numbers don't stack up just yet. Benefit analysis isn't really... No. So it's just this constant bean counting that you have to do in politics. Interesting. It's that, it's very it's a very sobering. Oh shit! No, we're good. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Right there, buddy. All right, we're back. <laughs> yeah. You klutz. I know, and especially when I was sitting here, being like, "Well, you know, we should bean counting in politics." <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I I, I do really appreciate talking to politicians one-on-one it's very interesting to see how they operate when they uh, when it, you meet them for a long period of time and it humanizes them humanizes them that's great massively definitely that's a really good thing and people really appreciate that when you are doing that to a politician but the other thing i think is that what, what is what is i think really important is for people to understand that no, these poly, these pollies aren't idiots. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're very, they're yeah. Very smart, educated people. They, they of course, of course. Um, but yeah. Anyway, what I don't know. I don't know if people. Do you think people really think politicians are idiots, or do you think they're out of touch and in a bubble? Those are the sort of phrases I hear thrown around. Not necessarily mm, that mm. they don't know what it's like. They they lack. Um the awareness of what it's like for the the everyman yeah but see here's the thing you're in your own fucking bubble everyone's in their own bubble that's true i would say the but politicians the are of, less in their bubble but it is really that's a major component of the job of a politician it's to represent the interests of the people so you more than any other job have to be acutely in touch and aware of the sensibilities and uh, the mentality of the people at least of your electorate yeah but this is what you get when you talk to these people. Because are, I'm always yeah. getting insights from these. I, I'm always saying, you're an idiot. You should do this. And they will calmly sit there and give you 12 reasons for why you shouldn't. 
That happens all the time with politicians. Mm. Their entire life is just focusing on a portfolio, a certain sector of society, agriculture. Mm. So they know everything about agriculture. And they've got all these experts talking to them all the time about agriculture. Mm. Mm. They know a lot about it. They know more than, you know, the farmer sitting there being like, you don't know what it's like. I think they know what it's like better than you do. And you're a farmer. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Can you... I can empathize with uh, the frustrations of people in a particular sector or industry when someone who doesn't have any experience in that industry is suddenly granted that portfolio and can make major decisions that would affect the layperson's life who happens to be in that industry. Yes, and that is a real problem with modern-day politics. Bureaucrats complain about it all the time as well, that... You have this generation of politicians that just went through the motions in university and then they went from university to being a staffer, so they have no real-world experience. That is definitely something that is lamentable, and I hate the fact that most politicians are lawyers. That annoys me as well. But I will say this. If you have somebody who is uh, living in an ivory tower and an academic who is working in the interest of you, they're going to be making a lot of good decisions. Mm. So it's really incumbent on you to understand, like we were talking about in another podcast, that the nationals are corrupt as fuck. Just because sure. they were a farmer in the past doesn't mean they're a good person. Okay. Yeah. But I do understand that what you really want, obviously, is somebody who has some experience in that portfolio being there as well. Yeah, That's someone, ideal. Someone but it's not the be-all and end-all. Huh? Someone who's maybe risen through the ranks. That kind of stuff. ideal. Oh, way better. Way better than a lawyer, definitely. But a lawyer that is working for you is better than a, lawyer, uh, is better than a farmer who's not. If you're in, in yeah, agriculture. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, what did you want yeah, to talk no, about? <laughs> well, Sorry. I wanted to talk about uh, personal responsibility cool and well not cool but yeah. uh it is cool okay it's cool to be responsible yep and i just want to unpack it a little bit and mm. something i've been grappling with a little bit more is is it is it uh the way i have always tended to articulate my views on personal responsibility is that the individual should always strive to take full responsibility for their uh their life including their failings but there is then a collective responsibility of the state. And if an individual is morally responsible, they understand the need uh, for taxes and some level of redistribution to help those who are in trying circumstances. However, there should never be an entitlement mentality of, I deserve this, I deserve that. It should be, I will strive as an individual to take as much responsibility over my circumstances in my life, but that social safety net does exist because uh, in taking full personal responsibility, I can understand that there is a, a, a civic duty that I hold to uh, help my fellow uh, my uh, my fellow man and woman and whatever you might identify with. <laughs> so you're learning from your other podcast, eh? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's nothing like that. Okay, all right. Nothing like that. Oh, who do you take me for? You think I'm doing a podcast with some someone who's just going to berate me for using the wrong pronouns? Um, no, no, listen yeah. to that. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Sex Cells podcast. Cells spelt C-E-L-L-S. What I find really interesting about you, I mentioned this on previous podcasts as well, is that on your self-help channel, you are vehemently... Uh, you, you you fervently support 
personal responsibility. At least I can gather from what you talk about. But then many would say that your political views may not necessarily align with that. Now, I don't, I don't agree with that, uh, but I think it's very interesting and I think it's clearly something you've thought very deeply about. And I'm also considering my views on, on the issue as well. Is it, is it in any way pathological to, to instill that extreme version of personal responsibility, even though I'm still, I have that caveat of you should aim for that and you should always strive for that, but there should also be a collective responsibility that exists. Well, that's quite, that was a bit wordy, but do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. So what what are your what are your views? If someone were to ask you, what do you think about a concept like personal responsibility? What would you what would you say? I think you are a really slothful, hedonistic, awful person. I always say this point, mm-hmm. but I think Jordan Peterson summed it up best: that if you don't work on yourself you are by default a mildly bad person and not even impressive enough to be a Charles Manson of history. Just another statistic, another mouth to feed, another rapscallion milling around the streets of Sydney causing a ruckus and unintentionally as well. There's nothing more infuriating than speaking to someone who is a mildly bad person, Mm -hmm. thinks they're a good person and they're too stupid to understand why they suck. Yeah. That is so frustrating. Yeah. And I think that it is incumbent on you to be uh to strive to be a good person and I really think that the only way forward for that is to read self-help and if you read self-help you will uh not only have a lot less problems in life you'll have a grounding of how to solve the problems that come along your life as they uh, eventuate. Personal responsibility is not just good or something that you should strive for. I think it's a requirement. I think it's... I really have no empathy or time for people that don't strive for personal responsibility. And I understand that it's very easy to have that myopic view of the world of I'm trying really hard, so why aren't all the rest of these people trying hard? And I think, honestly, that is why I got to my understanding in politics. And I'm not saying I'm an expert in everything, but when it comes to politics, I've been studying this subject for 10 years. And you just come to the conclusion after a while that not everyone is going to read self-help. Not everyone is going to be motivated enough to strive up for that. So Mm -hmm. how are you going to get this society to function? Then obviously there's... And on top of that, the other thing is, what do you do about disabled people? What do you do about people that are janitors and working the fast food industry and these low level skill jobs that still need to be conducted. Yeah. Uh, aren't, aren't they entitled to a life of dignity as well? Exactly. But, and, and I still, I still think that mentality falls under the umbrella of personal responsibility because part of being personally responsible is taking, taking on board a, a civic duty and a moral duty to understand that there are certain people like, people who may be disabled or who are going to be working the in the in in what we would define the lower tiers of society that need to be treated with dignity Mm. so 
I don't think that's uh, thinking that way isn't some sort of contradiction to personal responsibility. I actually think it's taking no, it's a result of personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's taking responsibility, uh, personal responsibility to a higher degree, and and encompassing a moral responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, it's this thing of I have gotten to a level of understanding where I realized, no, fuck this, it's all about me. You have a realization that. Exactly. No, I'm part of a society that has helped me get to the point where I can get educated enough to think that in the first place. Yeah. And that was the result of everybody coming together and creating a society off the backs of labor of generations, hundreds of generations of human beings getting to that point. Yeah. So you don't just get to stand on the shoulders of giants and say, yep, all for me now. And you see it over and over again. The people that are always crowing about personal responsibility, you look at their lives, if they're talking about it on a societal level, if you look at the things that they're preaching, it's never personal responsibility. Usually what they're doing is preaching uh, that the Koch brothers, for instance, are entitled to all of these benefits of society and they just get to ransack society for all these tax concessions and grants um, and environmental exemptions. But... You know, like, so it's basically just usually those people haven't even gotten to the understanding that really what they're advocating is personal freedom for a really select few people that usually didn't even get to the position that they are in as a result of personal responsibility. Their great great grandpappy might have exercised personal responsibility. But if you're usually at that level of mega wealth, it's very few self-made billionaires out there. They're usually from extremely wealthy families and then they just worked off of that. Yeah, I think that usually uh, it, it's the same thing as always that somebody who is self-made, very admirable, but that's just it. There isn't that many people that are self-made. True. You know, that, and a true. lot of people that give themselves this mythology of being self-made. Gina Reinhart was really into that. She bought herself Channel 10 to give herself all of these puff pieces about what a fierce entrepreneur she is. And she started with 70 million or something like that. I don't yeah. think yeah. you and can define that, that as uh, self-made. Now, look, that's yeah. not to say she, I'm sure, I'm sure she worked extremely hard and still took some degree of personal responsibility to change but doesn't that 70 million to the whatever amount of billion she has. Yeah, exactly. Cabbies work fucking hard. Look, I... I remember this because I, because obviously we've just lived lives where, yeah, we worked really hard. Uh, we worked in a field and we took opportunities in life. And I think that's why we are where we are because we are just practicing the principles that you learn in self-help. Took opportunities when they arise, uh, got smart enough to understand how the environment changes and adapted to that, all of that. That's great. People that didn't do that, that work in hospitality, I lived with those people for a while and they come home after working 12 hours while I'm sitting at home and it's not like I'm not working the whole time, but you know, when I'm just like, "Mm, I feel like going on a walk. I just go on a walk. Now it's time to work out. I'm feeling a bit tired again. And then you're working on something that I love. I'm feeling all nourished as soon as I come home. But those people come home after 12 hours. They're so numb in the head that all they have time for is to, all they want to do is watch mind numbing shit on television yeah. To just blank out what happened that whole day. Now, I want to make sure that uh, those people have dignity in a society because that's how a civic society operates. But I also 
want to instill a mentality among every person in a society that they need to, one, you have agency, and two, you need to be responsible for your outcomes. So so where does, uh, is there a, is there a danger there when in supporting certain redistributive uh, political initiatives, people may obtain that sense of entitlement or the narrative that I am not responsible for where I am in life. It is someone else's fault or it's the system's fault. Where is that line drawn? Because can you can you be a strictly personally personally responsible individual whilst also being in favor of some level of structural or systemic change this is where it comes into psychology don't you think that you need to struggle for that at some point in your life you need to have some level of uncomfort some level of poverty to really appreciate the wealth that you've accumulated because Everybody, this is the this is the constant argument that you get from the elite classes that if you give people welfare, they're just going to sit on their ass, they're not going to be productive, and they're not going to work in life. But this, this argument is coming from people who grew up sitting on their asses, doing fuck nothing, just taking a bunch of drugs, just living off the fruits of the labor of their parents, and well, their parents' parents, or their parents' parents' parents. That's what happens in the nature of wealth, right? So I think that this argument is true, but you also have to understand that. It goes both ways. Just because someone's rich doesn't mean that they've earned their wealth. So why do they get to sit there and say, get off your ass, you don't deserve the dole? Because that's a lot of people. A lot of people A lot of people in the elite classes, it's just what can be defined as family welfare. Yeah. And and I'm really interested in, in the... And I kind of envy... Not, I'm not envy them and I don't feel sorry for them, but I understand that psychology of how do you escape that if... If your entire life, because I see it all the time with the rich kids that went to my school, their lives are fucked. I, I don't envy, I, it I, at I don't all. envy I, their lives. I envy it in certain ways that they got to have like a, a meat pie at school whenever they wanted it or whatever. But <laughs> it's a poor trade off. It's very, very specific. Um, <laughs> so I think when there's a multitude of classes and sectors in a society, when you are exposed to only certain people within your sector in your class, you can have a warped view and a very insular view of what it means to be personally responsible and, 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 and how fair a certain system can be. So, for example, if you grow up in, a, in an area in a school where people, you feel at least, don't take personal, personal responsibility. Let's say you go to a school where everyone's a Yilmaz, <laughs> for example. And you obviously uh, gain a sense of contempt for for your peers because mm. you think you're not taking responsibility, yet I am. Yet you're sitting here blaming the system for everything when you just haven't you haven't looked inwards and even taken a step towards improving your circumstances. Yet you're not exposed to those elite classes of society, so you don't you don't you don't. You don't have the slightest view of that. You maybe just assume, oh, well, if they've made it, they must have worked. They clearly must have worked very hard and taken that kind of personal responsibility. Um, does 
first of all, do you understand what I'm what I'm what I'm saying here? That you just in a bubble. It's the bubble argument, yes, right? So if, that whatever whatever society you grow up in is just uh, what you familiarize yourself to, and it actually takes a lot of initiative even to look out of that. Yes. Yeah, and it 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 it, it is actually um, a conception of personal responsibility to understand the different bubbles that exist in society. So what really interests me is um, a lot of uh, black conservatives are the most passionate supporters of personal responsibility and getting rid of welfare and being they are more culturally conservative than often people who grew up in uh, upper-class sectors of society because my hypothesis is they had to be that way to overcome their circumstances. The only way they could get out of their circumstances is if they took an extreme, adopted an extreme outlook of personal responsibility and and personal accountability. Mm. And that's why sometimes I feel there's this disconnect between people who might be from the, the middle and the upper class talking down and lecturing certain um conservatives or minorities who have come from a very different bubble who have had they've they've had to adopt uh, some would say of quite an extreme ethos of uh, personal responsibility and individualism because that was the only way out for them and how does yeah. society then grapple with that disconnect well do you so do you un- yeah no but i i just add to the fact that when you see I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's not like I don't disagree with Candace Owens on that point. That I'm not talking, every, I'm not just but, talking but, about her, but, but you know, those that, that all ilk, of them, they that all, ilk. they yeah, they're very extreme. And there's a lot of evidence to support what they're saying. Uh, that you know, why is there certain ethnicities that shoot up the ranks, and then there's certain ethnicities that just linger around and they always just point to the fact that it's cultural and that those people are lazy that's all well and good but it just goes back to my main point which is that even if your culture rewards doing fuck all or rewards crime if you have the right education system in place you can teach a human being basically anything because i think human beings in general are pretty much just glorified birds and they just squawk back what their mother taught them and you can make but the, the ed- mother the state <laughs> but i think that, well that's 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 a better that's a better alternative you try. You just have people that just keep lingering in the same mentalities that grew up in it so they always just go back and say oh it's welfare that did this to these people i don't think that that's the case i think it was that they weren't educated enough and there was a cultural there's a there is, there is a cultural attitude there that says that welfare is awesome and you should just stay on that and collect as much welfare as you can. And I think that that is just as a general result of the fact that those societies don't actually get much support. Now, I'm not saying black society. I'm just talking about poor people in general yeah. because yeah. it's exactly the same thing when you go to Lithgow, right? That's just filled with poor white trash. Mm. But it's because their parents are poor white trash. But sure. if you have a school there saying that you can actually shoot for something better in life, they do. Now, do, do you think that there's a level of, well, I won't say utopian thinking there, but wishful thinking in the sense that, and this was something when, when you were interviewing Tanya, for example, I look back at and think about some of the kids I went to primary school with and some are just in jail 
and one guy was on RBT. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was, it was, what a badge of honor! It was a friend of mine, and I couldn't help but think, even if there was funding, better funding, and the teacher could have an hour with these kids. Again, if they're all Yilmazes, how much is that? And it doesn't mean I'm not supporting. I'm not in support of um, more funding for education per se. But is it? Does it get to a point where it's futile if the right cultural mentality is not instilled into that child? And there's only so much. Teachers can have a huge impact on a student, but I think the 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 um, influences that play a greater role are well, parents, peers media cultural figures who they aspire and look up to and if all of them are rappers and gangsters and i don't know cog dogs cog then, dogs yeah then to what avail is the teacher spending that extra one hour one-on-one time with the kid you know yeah that's always going to be that lower sector of society that you're just going to have to deal with them existing and it just really comes down to low intelligence. Some people are born with a high IQ, some people aren't. It's a cruel fact of life. But when Gonski was introduced in Lithgow, I remember that the majority of kids were graduating with bands threes and fours. That was where the median was. When Gonski was introduced, they were graduating with bands fives and sixes. That's where the median stayed. That's really interesting. That's and and I'm glad I would have been quite skeptical of a program like that because I would have just thought and from my personal experience I look back at some of the kids I went to school with I'm like you put as much funding in them as they're yeah. not going to help yeah. like they need and that's they probably thirty percent of society they need a cultural they need a mentality shift I don't even think it's that dude I just think they're stupid there's just some people that are mm-hmm. idiots and even then you still have yeah, some still... societal incumbency on them because you got to fun police no, and shit. I, I, <laughs> I keep calling <laughs> police stupid. I don't know if... No, I'm not saying sure, police are dumb, definitely, but you've got to stop... Police are okay. there basically to stop dumb people from doing dumb shit. There is a hierarchy of, of IQ and aptitude and intelligence, but they can at least... The people at the bottom can at least still try to strive for... Uh, to improve their general knowledge and their mathematics and their English skills, their literacy skills... But it's just not valued in that sector of society. It's just it's simply looked down upon, and oh, you're a nerd. You're, but there are other things that they admire more than anything. So these are extremely hardworking people. They will spend hours uh, training for for rugby league or for boxing or tagging shit. Yeah, whatever it might be. Like these are these are passionate. Hard working, energetic, usually with a huge high testosterone. Like they've, yeah, they've got motivated. a lot of energy and motivation. And if you, if we can, I mean, look, this is the this is the question society's grappled with for probably forever. But if we can direct their their goals and their values towards uh, not just academia, but uh, well, knowledge and and um. Not even just knowledge, but personal responsibility and a respect for education. And this seems this is such a crazy thing to say. I brought this up on my other podcast, but imagine if people 
looked at reading the same way they look at the gym today. The amount of people who have made a career out of motivating people to get to the gym, how disciplined people are when it comes to the gym, myself included, I think that's important. I think we should have a, a fit, healthy, strong society. But people see that as a bastion of living a good life, spending an hour at the gym. But if that, if it was also spending one hour reading, imagine how much that could transform society. And if people were posting progress pics online, oh, this is my Read vocabulary now. <laughs> this is how much I'm lifting, bro. That'd be mad. And now I haven't been uh, that, I, you know, I fell into peer pressure for to a certain degree when I was younger. And um, I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying to now... Before the gym, I actually have, I, I'm like, no, I have to study. You don't, you, I don't think you should just have to study while you're at university. I think you should always be studying. Why not? Why not constantly improve your, your knowledge? And you, you don't see the gains in the same way you do with your muscles, but they're mm -hmm. there. And much more profound. Exactly. Um, but the, the, the most significant question is, how do you do that? How do you, uh, how do you instill uh, a hunger for knowledge as one of the main value components for a good life into the lower and even middle class? And even the upper class, actually. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. <laughs> oh, just they needed the most, I reckon. Bright. Like, yeah. yeah. Look, I've always said it. I I really don't understand it. If anybody works at the Department of Education, maybe they could explain this to me. Or if you're a teacher, tell me if you've ever tried this. Can we start teaching unlimited power as a curriculum at school? What's Instead unlimited? of French. What's unlimited? Oh, the, Tony uh, Robbins Tony book. Robbins, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that if you did that, because all of the good habits that I've accumulated over my life started in that book, it's just bombshell after... It's like how Jordan Peterson describes Nietzsche, bombshell after bombshell of truth. That is unlimited power. Yeah. And unlimited power is more acclimatized to our time. And when I read Nietzsche, I was just saying, ah, shut up, your sentences are too long. But Tony Robbins straight to the meat of it. And he teach, he instills everything that I think a human being needs to progress in life. What's so fantastic about Tony as well is he does not fit the mold of someone who is intellectually curious. What is so damaging is the nerd stereotype. This, yeah. this yeah. wrongful and completely incorrect idea that men in particular who are passionate about uh, whatever it may, whatever field of academia it may be, are somehow weak and pathetic and beta. And you can, to some degree, see where that comes from. You often will see very bookish type people who are academics and things. And, and I just wish we would change. I, I think we, we, we need to change that. Dude, I think it is. I think because some of the most drug-fucked jocks I know you know I have my problems with Joe Rogan, but they're all kind of just petty and superficial. But at least when I talk to 
people that I just thought their brain's gone. They're just fucked on acid. It's they because they're it. listening to another druggo that's sitting there talking to at least intellectuals. Yeah. And they're kind of getting the message from that. Exactly. I really think that, as you pointed out just then, if you have something that can change the culture in your life, it actually does change. And so much of that is that on an emotional level, they can identify with someone like Joe Rogan because he is intellectually curious. For all the criticism he gets, he's, he's, he's clearly very intellectually curious. He wants to hear curious. people He out. wants to listen. He wants to learn. And he's a total alpha. <laughs> he works out more than anything. Clearly he, he's on into fighting. Yeah. And, well, fighting is a, is a mental discipline. I've been getting into it a little bit more lately. I always just dismissed it as this kind of this is like a brutish thing to do. But you know, boxing, they'll they'll often say it's it's uh it's the sweet science of boxing. It's mental chess because what you're doing is pattern recognition, but under such severe duress and 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 stressful circumstances. So there is a mental component to no, fight it no, there is a huge mental you component. Ha- and you have to be all the best smarters would be smart Are but smart, yeah. if there was just some some way we could you know what it a lot of it just comes down to that people need to look at people who are intelligent and who do value uh, education and not see a bitch what half of it comes down i really think that's what half of it comes down to because you see that's true man you see some people who are revered for their intellect and they're always scrawny with glasses and why is it every time that they're like that why is it that why can't there be this venn diagram of men who are alpha and extremely intelligent I always say, look at look at those statues of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers. They were jacked. They looked really boss. They were jacked. So th- that is just a construct in our society that somehow intellect is correlated with um, a lack of physical prowess. Yeah, and if you it could really doesn't have to be, be the say, case. A Renaissance man, as it's opposed so to damaging. BuzzFeed journalist. Yeah, just that little stereotype. Is so damaging. But even I think that's changing the net. Because don't you think that when you look at those nerds now, I don't, I, personally anyway, when I look at people with that nerdy physique about them, I always think they're dumb asses. I think anybody who's always trying <laughs> to cultivate an identity around, I'm Maybe. a very intellectual <laughs> I'm person. I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. <laughs> they're always idiots. <laughs> yeah. I think it, that it's I actually... I hope it's changing. I hope it. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just uh, people getting into the... I think it's... Yeah, what you're saying is just switching around the message or the or the image in your head to making it just part of the fact that this is just being a well-rounded human being. It doesn't have to be all of your life, but it should be an hour a day of it. It's just like brushing your teeth, going to the gym. These are just good habits. It's if you a- just get it into your mind that it's a habit... And, you know, changes. And, and it's a discipline, and it, I would argue it's actually quite a masculine discipline. So there's this Because yeah, your job as a that, man is to accumulate resources. Yeah, this concept that you're, you're weak and you're the um, 
low status man, if you're the intelligent man, is it's horrific. <laughs> it's so bad. And I think it's particularly pronounced in Australia. You know what it might be linked to? Well, sport. I think sport... I have a big conspiracy mm. theory about sport. I really think it's there as an opiate of the masses. And in fact, actually, this isn't even conspiracy theory. That was what Edward Bernays designed it for. Yeah. Sport. I think for some reason, just there's a culture surrounding it. That if you're into... Because, look, it's just exactly what you prioritise. If you're... Looking at sport, you're prioritizing physical prowess mm. at all costs. And on top of that, you know, NRL, AFL, yeah. they're never geniuses. There is, again, like they've molded their mind to think and obsess over the components of their particular sport and their particular game. So I don't think these are dumb people at all. I just think that they've obsessed over things that are relevant. Sure, and then men, many would, yeah, I, they could obsess over better things. Yeah. Tony Robbins has the best quote about that, which is that most people major in minor things. Yeah, I mean, look, I I love sport, but again, there's no... Yeah, but it's not, again, it doesn't no, control your life. No, there, there doesn't need to be this correlation between liking sport and then also in, in <laughs> enjoying reading <laughs> <laughs> and also liking drinking beer. Like, why Why do you have to be one or why the other? Well, why do you have advertising. To be... Yeah, I know. It's it's this, like, well, if you really get into the the depths of uh, 4chan and some of those alt-right conspiracy theories, it's the, the Jews that control Hollywood uh, put, put forward the nerd stereotype to dumb down the population. They could be Maybe. right. Who knows? Like the nerd stereotype is that didn't exist. It, it, it came about in the in the eighties and things. I don't, as far as I'm aware, if you look at the movies from the fifties and the forties and thirties, it wasn't like there was the brute and then there was the like smart hacker. No, the protagonist was both resourceful, intelligent, and usually strong. And masculine and suave. Yes, very suave, very emotionally intelligent. But now it's it's as though all of those components, at least the way men are often depicted in the media, is like you can it, you can only have one of those components. You can't you can't have all of them. Well, you can, it's really but but now that I think about that's it. the way it's you're depicted. Yeah, because I told I hell? talked about this on a podcast. Well, I just I because. You're so enamored with that idea. I just thought, well, because I'm a very, I value education and, and I'm quite studious and I got my high ATAR and everything. And I would look down on people who would uh, play a lot of sport and, and go to the gym. And I just thought it was uh, one lackluster and, and, and so many comedians uh, that you can, Clearly tell just by looking at them are probably insecure about their lack of physical prowess. Like to put down men who, who do 
work on their physique and they always put on that voice like, oh, you know those guys at the gym that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got to eat my protein. Like, f- fuck off. Like, that's not... Sure, they're, like with every stereotype, there's some that are like that. But no, don't, like, adopt this ideology of putting down others who are striving towards a goal because you are too lazy to do it and just assume that they're dying. I feel bad because I would do this myself for so long. And I just, there's just this idea that you can't, you can't be both. You can't be uh, a, an alpha male and intelligent. What about this expression? It's ridiculous. It's, it's such a dumb idea. Yeah. And it's because it's the culture that you're uh, surrounding yourself in. Obviously, that's what you're going to prioritize. So if you changed it to something like your body is a brain and your brain is part of your body. If you can master those two things because it's scientifically true Mm. that you have uh, something resembling memory cells. I can't remember what it is on your heart, but that's why when you have really emotionally intense experiences and you think back to it, your heart goes like this. Because it's remembering that moment. And when they have like a heart transplant, uh, somebody who, for instance, uh, was eating chicken their entire life and then they put in the heart of, say, some athlete that was hit by a bus or whatever, that person stops eating chicken so much. Interesting. Yeah. These things are definitely interconnected. I think that's it. It's it's just changing it around to because it, it... I'm so removed from how the mainstream thinks now because I've just been so <laughs> yeah. inundated by self-help my entire life. But I just thought that this was just a a stock standard thought that you should have in your head that your brain is your brain is part of your body and your body is a brain. I don't think it is for the average person. It's yeah, but and that's I, that's the thing that needs to be put into people's heads. I know that they're I, both critical. I agree, and I think as um, as men get older, that that mentality tends to shift um i talk to guys my age and a lot of them are they're reading and they're listening to podcasts and they're trying to better their intellect whereas but when you're a teenager and when yeah. you're a child it's well that's gay you know <laughs> like that that is yeah, the man yeah. and for everyone of all sectors of society yet and the way that indians and asians who come from this culture of just severe academic discipline it's sad but they often do reflect the stereotype they're skinny and nerdy looking and not often not very well groomed but i think that is changing and i'm glad that it is i hope i can contribute to that change and why can't the the mathletes be the footy boys you know like what why does it have to well, be I did hate that cunt at my school that was both intellectually gifted and athletically gifted. Yeah, well, maybe that's what it comes down to. You don't, you don't want to be too He's good. Too much of a tall poppy. Yeah, I still yeah. hate that guy now, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, we all, Fuck. we all, we all don't like overachievers. It's probably because we are jealous. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's that's also another part of it's exactly what you're talking about in Australia. Just the tall poppy syndrome of overachieving is looked down on. Hmm. And people that aren't succeeding are held up as legends. And as an Australian, I fully understand that as well. Depends what they're succeeding in. 
If they are succeeding in sport, they're, uh, I think they obtain legendary status. That's true. But don't you think they obtain even more legendary status if they're like Warney? So, if they so on the field, they're a god, and off the field, they're a train wreck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Some, some others really don't. I don't know. Some people don't like him and his uh, hedonistic ways. But he was just so good. He's one of the boys, you know. But again, that, that sort of the boys culture, that doesn't need to... This association with uh, of masculinity and and uh, and and physical prowess and devaluing uh, education and intellect that is what uh, I would like to try and break and with my uh, you know, limited uh, area of uh, my limited uh, ability to influence people. What like that's the whole reason of my cog dog character. It's what that character is aspiring to be is la. It's laughable, and those sorts of archetypes are so prevalent in society. Yeah, bro, man. You know, I just Gucci Gucci my bitch. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just it's you, pathetic, isn't I it? I want people to laugh at that. That's why I created that character. Hmm. You're right. Hmm. When you meet those people, it's really clownish experience. <laughs> it's pathetic. Yeah. It's, and they obtain a sense of self-righteousness and status from looking down at others who are looking down at them. Depending on the narratives you give yourself and what you value and the hierarchies you strive for, you then get this innate ability to just dismiss everyone else as an other of some sort. Like, oh, that guy, that's just a pussy. Or oh, just a nerd, just a bitch. Or just... And it comes, it, it's the same with politics and culture as well. It, it... Mm. I want to see it change. I want to, I would uh, encourage the listeners of this podcast, if you've got a, if you've got a teenage uh, boy as a brother or a relative, you can't influence it. See, the thing with teenagers, like you, you can't. If you push them too hard one way, they rebel. No, I think that it's just the thing of exactly that. You're, you are pushing them. You are not motivating them. Yeah. You have to find out what someone's motivational strategy. Actually, you know what? If you were like the other if, day, hey, if you're smart, you will get chicks. Then everyone will. <laughs> that would work. Yes. <laughs> Being, well, you've just cracked that code, haven't you? <laughs> That's going to motivate I any 15-year-old. Changed society. And it, look, it's not. It's true. Especially if you're emotionally intelligent, you will. Tell but me if I'm wrong. Look, 15% are... of female listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, look, if you are a 15-year-old and you're reading non-fiction books and you're working out, you will be a chick magnet. Wow, you are a boss. If I, Yeah, anyone who's doing that at 15. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Because that was my whole regret in life. And the thing is, what really scares me, what you're saying about your friends as well, how they're just getting into self-improvement now, the fact that I have 30-year-old friends that are picking up books that I read when I was 19 saying, why did I just get into this now? That scares me. So I would back up your call that if you are young, 
you should be doing it now. And how we're sitting there going, remember Del Toro Quest? Remember Harry Potter? Even then, you should be reading Brain Treaty's Maximum Achievement. You should be reading those books then. As soon as you can comprehend Eat those that. concepts, read it. Eat that cat. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You know one. Well. But yeah, look, to, to sum up what you're saying about... Uh, I hate the nerd stereotype. That's how I'll conclude this. And Oh, yeah, and we were talking about personal responsibility before and, and then it went into... No, but that's all that. interlinked. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think part of personal responsibility is also understand because this is the major point of personal responsibility that people don't understand. I think a lot of it is accepting that you're a worm and that you're just <laughs> striving to be a slightly better worm. It's a, you know? it's a funny way of putting it, but I agree. I agree. It's, it's humbling uh, and in in that process of humbling yourself you are you are motivated and driven because it's such a narcissistic view of the world isn't it that society i i don't know shit to society fuck them i'm out to get mine also i'm catching a train to work it's so dumb <laughs> oh, man, I, lo- I love your tangents <laughs> i like the way you're mind. <laughs> Like such specific things, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's cool. that stupid mentality of that, and then it, it, the flip side of that obviously is people saying that uh, because I get this on my self help channel all the time. People say you don't understand you get a system in place. You put people in their economic position. If that were the no. truth, then I would still be part of the working class. Exactly, and and you are. I it is easier for you to adopt that political stance because that absolves you of any personal responsibility. Yeah. It is easier to say it's the system. It is easier to say, "Oh, everyone's a racist," rather than looking inwards and thinking, "How can I be better? How can I work on myself?" Yeah, and that's not to say you don't fight for change, but it it. Comes down to cleaning your room, Dude, doesn't you know it? You've got to clean really the room. Fucking scary about it. It's actually not even easier. It's just whatever media you consume. It's just as easy to switch on a podcast saying you should clean your room as it is to switch on a podcast that says "Hickam is trying to take you down." Voice you do. I was I was looking up the very the uh, all the variations of Marxism on on YouTube. And I kid you, every single person was a <laughs> terribly groomed yes. white dude with a crappy unironed shirt. Now, look, my shirt's not ironed, things like that. But, no, but they we all, all know the image. fit the Fat. exact yeah. same mold. No. Gross half beard. And, and, and yeah, of course, you think the system is corrupt because, <laughs> again, that's not to discount the. I, I w- I, I'm not saying oh you sh- you you can't believe in these things and you can't support various political ideologies but are you using it as a veil to mask your failures <laughs> and, and I that's think a confronting that's a very confronting question but when it comes to them and and you look at these people the answer is definitively yes it's easier for me because to you can see the faults yeah. In them automatically, yeah, just I, looking at them. Of course, and and it's easier for for me to say, "Oh, look, the footy boys and people who are addicted to the gym are just 
dumb and they, they, they've got nothing else going in their life. It's so easy to just pick up a, a block and put it down multiple times. It's easier for me to say because that makes that makes me feel comfortable. I'm like, yeah, that gives me status over them. But what wouldn't give me status is saying, no, I'm actually just lazy. Mm. <laughs> and they are healthier, fitter, stronger, more disciplined than I am. Mm. Mm. That's a hard idea to grapple with. Mm. <laughs> and I just want to finish because this is uh, on this concept where a lot of people in this in this in this um modern discussion over social justice namely black lives matter well, the, the, such a common retort is some variation of educate yourself educate yourself you need to learn about the you need to learn about the history and the assumption that's embedded in that assertion is hey, if you knew what I knew, you would think the exact same way I do. Yeah, that is. Which is a very uneducated way of looking at other human beings. And I think that also is a, it's, an, it's an easy way to absolve yourself of any uh, responsibility to think critically about people who disagree with you because, oh, that's the side. That, the, people who don't agree with me are either ignorant or evil because that's the only two options there. Are they either not educated, so they're ignorant, or if they are educated and they still disagree with me, evil. That's easy, isn't it? Well, that's easy to live life that way. You know what else? Every time they always say that of, you need to pick up a book, or you need to learn about economics. Every time I've ever gotten that message, it's very obvious from their comment and the things that they've written, that they haven't picked up any books on the subject. <laughs> yeah, or they've, they've picked up the one book that fits their agenda. Yeah, fits their narrative. Yeah. And, and, or or and it's that, that fucking like... main one that you get at the bookshelf. At least they went to the bookshelf, but it's, yes, I always have this against it. I really don't see any merit in it. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. I really think uh, there's I way better ones. Uh, I know. See, I don't okay, think. I've got I to don't have to think, say this, yeah. I don't think it's a, a incredible, but it, it was a good... I suppose Just, it's an introduction. Yes, a good yeah. Bible to the concepts of self-help. See, okay. I, that, but that's I what really I'm saying. Like. It's just like, yeah, exactly what you're saying, right? They've picked up, and you can tell because of the way that they're structuring their comments, they've picked up the, the, the first thing that was in front of their face, and they said, read this. Yeah. And that's all they've read on the subject. Yeah. And it's very obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and, think and, that's and how it works. That. Look, I want to educate myself. Don't get me wrong with that. No, but you I'm do, criti- Neil. What I'm critical of is this presumption that people who don't think the same way you do are either ignorant or evil. You will never learn anything. You'll never grow as a person if you think that. Now, am I thinking... Now, I'm looking... I want to look inwards too. And Am I dismissing people who say those comments... And simply just doing what I'm critical of by saying, well, no, they're just, they're the idiots there by saying, educate yourself. No, I am, I am open and I will give credit to that ideology if it's well thought out. But allow the space for someone to disagree with you without assuming that they are malevolent. And once that, if that olive branch is extended, then I'm, I will educate, you know, I will read what you, what you want me to read. You know what though? That does show your bias, but that's actually something that you do. And there's very few people that I think, 
you you actually are open to listening to other people's perspectives and you enjoy listening to other people's perspectives but there is a large group of people that don't so this is how it's how you learn you want to i want to listen and understand the best what i find interesting is not people who just agree with all right my pre preconceived ideas about life and well anything People who don't fit into a box, people who don't fit into the mold of society. But like what I said about you, where you've got this second channel of personal responsibility, and many would say is is can be it's quite almost strict, and you don't necessarily have uh, sympathy for people who are saying things like it's the system or whatever. But then you've got this incredible. Uh, <laughs> channel of political satire and interviews and and things that just wouldn't you wouldn't expect that from someone who has those views and and that th- people like that and that's why you know, black conservatives i find really interesting because they've clearly thought extremely deep not all of them but a lot of them would have thought extremely deeply about this issue and not adopted the ideology that one they're supposed to and that 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 would just be the easiest for them because they have to argue for it in in a much better fashion in order to be convincing because they're not fitting that mold so that's people who don't you know who who uh, don't fit into boxes which sounds like some quote you'd get on an instagram girls <laughs> and they're but correct they are yeah well there's a lot of wisdom in those grams <laughs> Don't fit into a box. But look, uh, we've got to wrap this one up. But look, all I'm saying is the reason that I have those two channels is because I read and I read widely. You clearly do. And as a result of that, you have much more complex ideas of how the world functions. It's it's purely just to the habit of reading. In fact, somebody was describing it the other day, reading, and everybody always says, shut up about it on my Jordan Shanks channel, which I will start posting on recently, but I've just been doing a lot of investigating but uh a quote that i heard recently was someone saying that reading is the meta habit that enables you to change all your other habits oh that's where it starts so it's exactly what you identified reading is the most important habit and take responsibility for it yeah take responsibility for it but it inevitably starts happening if you read a lot make it and you read widely make it the gym for you Yeah. yeah all right well thank you thank you everyone um, subscribe if you haven't already. See you next time. Thanks, you, John.